Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Be The Vessel podcast. My name is Daniel, and I am an intuitive psychologist acting as a bridge between Western psychology and the spiritual realm. I interview those called to the healing arts with various ways of knowing, serving, and channeling the most powerful medicine for our collective return to wholeness. If you like what you hear and would like to support the podcast, which is an offering of love, please check out my Patreon page where you can offer support or become a member of the Be The Vessel community with exclusive monthly offerings. Michelle Prentice is a second-generation astrologer who began her journey of learning the art and science of astrology, as well as many other forms of divination, under her mother's guidance more than 40 years ago. Her general focus is holistic wellness astrology, combined with multimodality intuitive guidance that synthesizes astrological information with intuition, divination, and energy work. Michelle's intention is to facilitate an experience that uplifts, guides, and supports clients' unique soul journeys. Additionally, Michelle has held a professional astrological practice for over 25 years and is a member of the International Society for Astronomical Research, as well as the Organization for Professional Astrologers. She is also an attuned Reiki healer and certified integrative nutrition health coach. In addition to studying and practicing the metaphysical arts, Michelle writes books, teaches astrology, leads ceremonies and retreats, and creates art. I connected with Michelle recently and loved her integration of intuitive knowing and astrological wisdom, as well as historical and philosophical knowledge of all kinds. Her colorful life path has invited her into deep personal and professional growth, and she is truly here to serve in accordance with the highest order and divine light. Please enjoy this episode with Michelle Prentice as we explore the balance of intuition and science and prepare for an exciting journey ahead in the age of Aquarius. May this episode be a gift, a medicine, and an invitation to discover your own highest truth and honor your own highest desire. Hi, Michelle. Thanks so much for being here and welcome to the show. Hi, Daniel. It's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, it's it's my pleasure. We We've connected recently and I really... I really just resonate a lot with with your your energy. I mean, like there's there's a lot of people who know a lot about astrology. There's a lot of people who have um lots of different training and experience, but for me, you know, when I work with readers or healers of any sort, it is the um the intuitive chord that I look for most. It is it is how they align with their own guidance, regardless of the modality they use. And also, you know, that sort of receptivity of being able to meet people where they're at. And I feel like you do those things extremely well. So I enjoyed our time together a lot. And I'm really happy to continue the conversation. Uh, so the first question I'll start us off with, because this word just caught my attention and I have very little idea what it means, which I'm sure you can fill me in on, is the name of your website and, and your program. I, I may mispronounce it, but Persephone, is that is that how you say it? I'm I'm just curious why what what guided you to that 
that concept, that word, and and to use it uh, for your work? Well, firstly, thank you very much. Thank you for the, the the compliment and the trust. You know, high praise coming from an intuitive doctor. Uh, so thank you, and one of your gifts as well. And I'm going to send you my book because it's all in my book now. Uh, please do, I, please do. I, I, it, it, I have an entire chapter on that. So, what? How I just now? I've been doing charts and reading since I was a teenager. You know, my mother was a professional astrologer and a reader and a, a wise woman, and uh, amongst other things too, she was also an electronics technician and an international investigator. Wow, uh, investigator. Hats. Yeah, she was. She was incredible. Um, so. When I chose to put together this aspect of my practice, it came out of a lot of different things. A lot of it is timing, right? So when I kind of got the call to, to do this full time again, after many different times in my life where I was, uh, and I felt that the main thing that I wanted to sort of portray was that my work as an astrologer, as an intuitive guide, as a reader, as a diviner is, is also as kind of a psychopomp, right? And Persephone in the Greco-Roman pantheon uh, was the queen of the dead. In fact, you know, the name means with varying um, interpretations, she who loves the dead, shining in the dark, that kind of a thing. And Persephone was the daughter of the goddess Demeter Ceres, and she was abducted, raped, according to some stories, brought into the underworld, and a whole sort of um, a seasonal myth around why we have the seasons came up through her, uh, through her um, abduction, her mother's, you know, searching for her, and final sort of raising up from the underworld. And it's a myth of initiation, uh, the kind of initiation that people have when they go into their own underworld or a kind of an underworld. And, uh, you know, the idea of helping someone in the dark the idea of and and my life in many ways literally paralleled Persephone's and I go into that you know a little bit in my book where I had an experience like that when I was quite young that like like Persephone's actually where you know unfortunately I had an abduction and a rape when I was young and how my mother helped me and saved me. And a lot of it was through, I'm going to say esoteric, occult, spiritual training and truth. That's what I want to help others with and how I want to share my learning. So it's very much a navigation through initiatory processes that involve, you could call it uh, an experience with the dark side of life, you know, and it's many different things. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, a, anything having to do with, with, you know, sexual um, abuse, or it's any kind of experience where people are in their own underworld and how there are so many different types of disciplines and, and ancient and very well-practiced philosophies and techniques to help show them that their life has meaning, that, you know, things are in cycles and processes, they don't necessarily last and just kind of how to navigate their way through that. 
So that's why, if that makes sense. It, it makes a lot of sense. And I just firstly want to say thank you so much for sharing and, and for, for being so open about your journey and your story, because yeah, I, you know, I, I think there are, there are all different kinds of frequencies and um, resonances on the spectrum of healing. And some people you meet them and they're, you know, they just have uh, what I would call this kind of angelic quality that, you know, they're very bubbly and they're, they're almost like purely of the light, but that's not necessarily me, frankly. And I am someone who is a bit more comfortable investigating uh, the shadows and, and the dark aspects of life. And, and it's not necessarily, I think we all, we're all invited to experience that on this planet, but it's not necessarily everyone's service. Um, but it's a really fucking important one, <laughs> um, to, for those of us who can be comfortable investigating those areas and to, to support the transmutation of that energy and yes. the fear of it to to embrace the wholeness of who we are and, and ultimately to live freely, which I think is is such a gift. And so um wow, that's that's I find that really beautiful and, and I find that a really um honorable and courageous intention for for your life path and your work. So I'm I'm curious then how that how in you know holding that intention of of being uh willing and open to investigate the shadows in that way um how that shows up in your work particularly because I've I've read and heard you mention that uh your approach to astrology is is based on this kind of holistic wellness which isn't something isn't language I've heard others used before. So what does that look like? And how does maybe that, that openness to um, the dark side show up? That is a fantastic question. Uh, so I also uh, certified holistic integrative nutritionist, and I like to work, I also like to work with medical astrology quite a bit, but it's, it's more like, again, it's a holistic approach. I am not just a medical astrologer. That is not my specific field, but my idea also, and Daniel, you may, you may know I'm a double Capricorn, meaning that I am a massive, I've got a massive amount of earth in my chart too, meaning that I want to bring the idea of wholeness and wellness or that mind body spirit triangle into practice for people. So, you know, you mentioned earlier, there are a lot of people that might be living in their intellect or living in their higher vibe, but we do all live on earth. And I think that I'm very much, a, I very much resonate with uh, Carl Jung, you know, the father of depth psychology's term that we don't become enlightened truly as humans by just imagining light or imagining figures of light, but by making our own darkness, you know, conscious by bringing the light of awareness into the totality of this human existence, which includes duality, right. And includes the dark and the light. And um, I think that I want to show up for people as a guide to help their dis-ease, whatever that may be, or to help the 
imbalance in their lives. And there are a lot of really practical ways to do that, both from um, a medical astrology standpoint, which is very kind of like ancient healing, you know, looking at the planets and their relationship to each other and their movements into specific arenas of the chart and like helping with it, you know, it could be energetic imbalances that are specifically maybe inhibiting energy, you know, their physical energy or their vitality, you know, things like that. And there are ways to mitigate that. So whether it's using herbs, um, you know, and I try and use a mind, body, spirit type idea, you know, using diet, herbs, uh, you know, physical uh, or mental affirmations, like neuro-linguistic programming. Certainly, I am not a licensed therapist, nor a doctor. So I can refer clients to those people. But I look at their chart. And like, I think that any good astrologer wants to look at the totality of the energy as it exists within the chart and see how can I be of service to this person. And that means incorporating different aspects of life. You know, sometimes it's your body that needs attention. Sometimes it's your heart that needs attention. Sometimes it's your connection to spirit or soul or, you know, whatever makes you feel alive, that that connective force that makes you feel healthy and well. And so my focus is on wellness for my client, not just saying that, you know, Saturn's on your sun and you're going to be depressed for two years, or, you know, you are going to feel the heavy intensity of, of all of this. Or I think that you had mentioned it before presenting a presentation on astrology or a definitive fatalistic, you know, you're effed kind of a statement. It's like, how can you get healthy and in imbalance according to the particular combination of energetic forces and expressions that I can see within your astrology. Yeah. And I, that's really my perspective on people that I would seek out any guidance from is, do they have an intention to also invite healing, right? Because you can have maybe a framework of astrology where it's just like, well, I'm just going to explain things to you, or I'm just going to, you know, yeah, like I've mentioned, like present, which isn't really my favorite style of, of receiving guidance. I don't necessarily need a presentation. I'm interested in a, in a guided conversation of sorts that, that invites healing because I choose not to live in fear. It doesn't mean that I don't experience it, but I do not need anyone to instill fear in my life. So if that's the framework that someone is coming from, you know, and there's not necessarily an openness to, to, um, to explore the medicine of, of whatever information is coming through because information is always interpreted. It's, it's, it's subjective on one level and language is messy. So there's always going to be an opportunity to explore what we really mean, how it can be integrated into our life, what maybe the, the lighter interpretation or the more shadowy interpretation of something is. And, and so I really appreciate um, that, holistic frame and you incorporating, yes, various aspects of what wellness means into your work because I see myself as a bridge in many ways and I see this podcast as a bridge and I see the new paradigm of healing being a very integrative one. Um, the greatest form of integration we have yet experienced on this planet between Western psychology, between um, 
medical science and the spirit realm and various spiritual frames. So I, uh, um, I honor you incorporating that integration into your work. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, and then to speak to one aspect of that integration that I know you use is your identity as an intuitive, because, you know, I think some people, uh, particularly astrologers may acknowledge that maybe they, they, they read charts or they use the astrological language intuitively, but I think that's a little different than really embracing and honoring oneself um, as an intuitive and having a very strong intuitive channel that then extends or transcends just astrological language, but in all areas of their life. And, and I know you are that, that kind of person. So I'm curious how you relate to the identities as uh, intuitive and astrologer. Like, does one take precedence over the other? Does one have higher authority for you? Do they have equal weight? Like for myself, at least where I am in my life now, what I would call the intuitive cord, um, my own intuition as well as my connection to higher guidance is really kind of my highest authority in all realms. I, I'm quite familiar and trained in and continue to explore different modalities, but it always gets filtered through my intuitive lens. So I'm curious how you relate um, to those identities. What a great question. And I feel very strongly about this because I mean, firstly, firstly, we live in a, in a, um, an age of information, right. And in an information economy as well. And there's so much information available for people. And there are so many different types of people that are interpreting it in many different ways. Okay. Firstly, and I have a lot of clients and especially a lot of young clients that may be incredibly intuitive and they don't want to take the time to study astrology and observe it because it's not just an intellectual enterprise. These are multifaceted archetypal symbols for energy and the symbols are very multidimensional. And so in that way, I don't really think that you can be a really good astrologer until you've had some hardship, you've had some hard transits, or you've gone through your Saturn return and had some time to observe how these energies show up because there's a lot of different interpretations for them. They aren't just textbook. That being said, I teach astrology and I tell my clients, I have clients that show up for me that have maybe they've done three or four readings and they've read a few books and they're like, I'm ready to set up my website and become an astrologer. And I would dissuade them from that, you know, take some time. I have been studying this for a very, very long time. And honestly, you know, in all humility, especially because my mother was an astrologer, it took me a long time to really feel like I was an expert. Okay. And I feel now and my, at my age after learning for 40 years, you know, and I still, there's still a lot more that I can learn because things are being revealed to us. I think as humanity, you know, and we're, we're, we're unveiling new bodies that are already there and getting intuitive hits. So how I see it is that there is actual information that is that we can absorb through language and communication that creates a foundation for an energetic style that then 
has the opportunity to be understood in many different ways and in many different levels intuitively. So for instance, you take something like a ball, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of different things about a ball that, you know, like a physical ball, you know, it has depth and it has weight and it has size. And, but there are still things that you can maybe interpret intuitively about this ball. There's a lot of different things and maybe that's not the best analogy, but that's how I kind of lean into astrology and astrology is my foundation. It creates a structure that is no matter what, according to my observance, and that is using the scientific method, you know, of observation, you know, over time and continued practice that things seem to show up in this particular realm. But then when you want to get specific or you want to go even deeper, that's where the intuition comes in. And I'm always been an intuitive. I have had precognitive dreams my entire life, huge. And I've recorded them. I still have my journals and diaries from when I was a teenager, but you know, we live in a matter filled world where, you know, the things of, you know, filling, filling our holes, you know, food and shelter and taking care of ourselves take precedence over other types of work. And so like many people I've focused on, you know, uh, the, the mundane, you know, the everyday world for a long time, but I've always used intuition in that I've always used it to make my general decisions in my own life because I have it, you know, and it's a muscle that I've used. I'm aware of it. I was fortunate enough to be raised with, you know, a parent that encouraged that even though society necessarily didn't. And she encouraged my observance of it. And then also my independent, uh, you know, taking action on, do you want to take action on this particular intuition or not? So I've always used intuition in my life to guide me, whether it was in business, in my personal life or what have you. But in terms of my astrology, I don't interpret astrology intuitively. And, and I feel kind of strongly that I don't know that that's the right thing to do because I have, I also read the tarot and I've studied the tarot also for 40 years. And I don't agree with some folks and I've heard them say like, oh, you know, I've decided that say, for instance, the moon card means this, or I've decided that Saturn is this. There's a lot, there's thousands, there's over 5,000 years of recorded information on the general qualitative, you know, energy form. However, can we get new, maybe even higher level information about this particular energy intuitively yes so does that make sense (laughs) yeah it makes a lot of sense and it sounds like what you're saying is yes intuition and intuitive knowing has been uh a part of your life for a long time but you really respect the science of these modalities and it is funny because as you're speaking i'm like oh yeah i'm definitely i could definitely be guilty of being someone who's like well that doesn't align with my intuition so i'm just going to change the meaning of that for me (laughs) and uh but you know that's why i'll be the first to admit that um i may be sort of i may have a novice level of astrology for my entire life because there are things that intuitively i'm guided to 
train in, you know, and when I, when I get a yes to train in something, I will work extremely hard at that thing. But then there are other things that I can rely on people like you for, and I may, you know, have a cursory understanding of it and enjoy knowing and expecting certain things, but, but knowing that to ultimately uh, respect the totality of the science and uh, lineage and canon of a framework would require a lot more of me that I'm not necessarily willing to give. So that is cool to hear that intuitive knowing has been a part of your life, uh, maybe for as long as you can remember. And yet there is another aspect of you that really respects science. And, you know, and for me, uh, as I've investigated that word, science and the scientific method, which is really, um, um, and I think people confuse this a little bit, so, you know, that science is not a particular framework. Science is a method of inquiry. So, so yes. it's, it's the way that we investigate the world. It's not it's like, the way we investigate. Oh, it's not like, <laughs> oh, that's science and that's not science. It's like, is it, is the process scientific? And for me, and this doesn't always go along with, you know, people in a more traditionally Western frame who are very interested in, you know, double blind placebo controlled uh, evidence-based studies, but but direct witnessing experience is a form of science because it's yes. an inquiry. And it's actually, in my humble opinion, the only really direct observation we have is our own witnessing experience. And not that we pull facts from that, but that is part of the scientific process. So I just hear you saying like, going through your own journey and honoring your own journey will teach you about a science, will teach you about a framework and a language that you are studying because, because that's how you evolve. And the other piece that I was interested in when you said it was that, yeah, because there is so much happening, now, particularly now, at least that's what I feel in my body and my own guidance that on this planet, there are things coming that have, that are going to going to be very new for our um, really uh, uh, infantile human species, our young human species. And so that I would imagine, even though there's lineages and, and tons of history, it's, there's just a lot of newness and, and in the spirit of humility, probably we can be like, yeah, I'm not sure how this is all going to play out because it's it's very new. But that's where you, I, I imagine you rely on the framework and the history to color and provide as much context as you can for the uncertainty, which is what we were talking about just a little mm. bit before we hit record, which is being okay with the uncertainty because there there's a lot of... There's a lot of things uh, uh, likely going to be showing up in in, in my life um, quite soon. And so so dancing with that uncertainty as well as the history and context of of uh, your particular language, is that how you might phrase how you embrace, you know, um, where where we're going? I love the analogy of dancing and I use it a lot when I do readings because, you know, the, the dance that we do with ourselves with life, with others in relationship is, is it's an apt term for it because we have to navigate and negotiate through leaning in and leaning back and leaning forward and, and sort of maybe pushing and then also acquiescing, you know? So yes, I think that 
that this is this is a, a definite dance that we're all in right now and that this particular time I agree with you and I'm not gosh you know of course I don't want to put judgments you know on on any kind of group or and I you know I know that humans love to like name it and claim it in terms of saying oh this is that and sort and analyze and stuff but I wouldn't consider myself to be like new age you know but I do feel I do not just feel but astrologers see that we are moving into a new age, we call the age of Aquarius, the 2000 year epochs that happen. And we're sort of on that threshold right now. And there are major things happening from, you know, from a societal standpoint, but I also agree that are going to continue to happen that are going to shake up an old, maybe materialist paradigm in science, a materialist paradigm on earth that there is no meaning to the universe that, you know, everything, including our own consciousness is inhabited in, the, in matter alone. And that when matter dies, everything dies. That's not really true. And I think that we're moving out of that. And I do believe that uh, if we can hold space for um, the magic and the dance of, okay, this is something new and having that beginner's mind we're understanding that everything, including old interpretations of, of astrology or planets, or everything has multidimensional aspects to it. And you can see it from a lot of different ways. But I think seeing it from that beginner's mind that, okay, we're in a new time right now. How do we want to navigate it? Navigating it through an intention of our heart's will to promote what we could consider to be balance, another great sort of term when it comes to dance, how can we balance, balance our lives, balance what we want and need from the earth with what the earth needs, what balance, you know, ourselves while we're kind of like, Oh my gosh, dealing with all these new things that are coming up. We have to learn how to do that. And I think that something like, you know, energy work and astrology is, is, is a great way to begin knowing yourself and everything I think our own real true aspect to the universe our, our, our own true relationship to the universe comes from our relationship to ourselves it, it is all like the, the road is within really ultimately yeah and <clears throat> I really agree that this this if we want to call it this new earth that we're stepping into this uh, new paradigm is going to be quite revealing of some of the aspects of our human experience, including the energetic realm that um, we have not been able to see or touch or study. And, and we may uh, be able to engage with that more readily, those who are willing to see it. I also we don't have to go off on a tangent here, but my guidance is pretty strong that ET beings are going to play a role. I don't oh, yeah. know exactly what role, but they're going to play a role in the next couple of years in how we are starting to discover um, deeper truths about uh, this place that we're all existing in. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and even, you know, just general astrologers are talking about that too now with Pluto and Aquarius and moving into the Aquarian age and the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius because Aquarius has... In traditional astrology, rulership over the sky. You know, Uranus was a sky god. Uranus is the modern ruler of of Aquarius, along with Saturn, the traditional ruler. But 
Aquarius has rulership of all of the sky god, you know, the sky gods, but also space, technology, the internet, invisible energy, um, energy work. So yeah, you know, astrologers are talking about that too. And that's what really, you know, for me on this journey of information and uh, uh, wisdom that I integrate to guide my life, you know, even before I was uh, as open to the, you know, the spirit realm and spiritual wisdom as I am now, I always felt what was most convicting or or provided most conviction for me was when different realms of knowing, different frames integrated and overlapped. And what I hear and what I see is an integration of what seems to be predictive within the astrological realm because of what you just mentioned, what also seems predictive within the human design realm, which I admit I'm, I'm a novice and I'm not guided to know a ton about that at the moment, but I've listened to some people speak about that in those time frames, as well as something I am uh, uh, have engaged with a little more just because of my own path, which is uh, the form of channeling where there are some individuals who channel um, certain entities or collective consciousnesses, which, you know, you can form your own opinions about what exactly is coming through in that wisdom, but along the lines of those that form of channeling and one that I've spoken to uh, a bit before uh, named Bashar really speaks to this um, ramping up of our in, of our uh, technological development and how that in the next couple of years, that is really, there's going to be some, some, some leaps in that route. And obviously we can already see it with, with AI and, yep. and things like that. And, and it, that is one of those things where I think, yeah, people can, if people carry a lot of fear and they perceive the world through that lens, there's a lot that you can convince yourself to be or choose to be scared about. Um, I don't choose to live from that frame. So yeah, well, it, might it be messy? Might it be messy for some? Uh, absolutely. But I also think this is what the planet is being invited into. So it's coming whether you want it to or not. And there is a way to see it from the light and to work with it and to be open to it and be willing to explore it like we were talking about exploring the shadows and and to not turn away not turn away from where we are collectively going and being guided and and just the messages feel um pretty strong in all those areas i don't know how it's all going to play out but i for one am excited to find out i think that it is in the process of being and becoming i see our potentiality our future as a series of possibilities and probabilities but we get to both personally and collectively affect that so we are effectively this is an analogy that was i believe that the entity seth you were talked about channeled entities yes seth, yeah, you, you may be familiar with that he was trying to explain how the future how we were co-creating the future when he was explaining the nature of personal reality of, of mankind talking about how it is like we're painting a self-portrait of ourselves, painting a self-portrait of ourselves, painting a self-portrait. And so there's all these different nuances all the time that can, that can change the future. And that's why it's really good to talk about this. That's why this podcast is really important because the more people are empowered to balance and heal themselves and therefore participate in co-creating a positive future for the world, the better, because it starts with us, each one of us, and then each one of us connecting to the other and 
raising ourselves up and saying like, we do have power. We need to empower ourselves. And therefore that helps empower the world in creating the right kind of future. Because I agree the technology is coming in. Is our future going to be dystopian black mirror or is it going to be Star Trek Federation of Planets? You know, I mean, I'm going for Star Trek. Uh, That would be my vote too. I like super into it. And to expand on that, I, I I come back to this foundation that is not just present in the spiritual realm, but is present in neuroscience and in Western psychology, which is the level of belief. You know, there's a lot that's spoken to about the nature of belief, and some people will shrug and say, oh, that's just, you know, positive thinking, like whatever, you know, you're not going to really change your life. But I think that we will continue to uncover truly the the energetic substrate the source material of belief as as one of the the strongest sources of fuel and and um dictators of our personal reality and collective reality as exists because you know uh like i i imagine seth and like the uh the channeled entity bashar bashar would speak a lot about that and say that all is possible in this realm. It's based on your permission. It's based on the permission that you give yourself. So how are you painting that self-portrait? Who is painting that self-portrait, et cetera, et cetera. How are you creating your reality in each moment? And, you know, I, 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 for me, it is still about balance. You know, certainly there are some people who will say, okay, if you're the creator, then just create your life and just do it and make everything amazing. And it's like, okay, well, I would say co-creator. There are certainly other forces at play, you know? So there is, it is about surrender. It's not all about um, action and, and creating everything you want in this moment, but, but acknowledging that belief, the level of belief and being able to hold a higher perspective, even when the circumstances portray something different or, our triggering, our trauma conditioning, or our fear to hold that higher. People always want to ask me, like, okay, well, I'm acknowledging the dark stuff, like the the feelings. Like, what do I do about it? What do I? What do I do? How do I process it? People, you know, use that word a lot. How do I? How do I process it? How do I effectively clear it out or whatever? And for me, a lot of it is actually just there's not really anything you do with the feelings or with the experience necessarily. You know, if there's action, you can take it. But can you hold a higher perspective? Can you hold a higher, what I might call, frequency through it? Because as you hold that higher belief system of how you see the world, that this is a medicine, that this is for my highest good, that all is actually well, even when I'm, even when I just, you know, got into some, uh, you know, scam and lost a bunch of money. Can I, can I hold, and that higher perspective it wires the neural pathways in your brain. It, you know, it creates that energy field that sends out signals to the universe that you are ready to expand. You are ready to live um, that higher vision life. And that's how I see this foundation of belief that is so important that that's what we all have the capacity to use as individuals and co- and a collective species. Because as, you know, not only is individual belief so important, but as a collective, when we collectively start to believe in something the way we see ourselves, others in the world, that's how things truly change. That's when true change happens. That's when true manifestation happens. When you get a group of people who have a shared belief, that is some of the most powerful source energy I think we have to to manifest. And it's not to say you, you know, I because I, I think earlier on my path, I would I would 
always have this consideration. I still do like, well, how do you believe something when you don't, you know? So um, you don't have to force it, but it can come through direct witnessing experience. It can come through, you know, being patient and present to your journey and just being curious and seeing how it unfolds and seeing if then you can reflect on these beliefs and start to, you know, if, if there's wiggle room there to, to, um, transmute them or upgrade them inch by inch. Oh, maybe the world isn't such a cynical and scary and threatening place. Oh, maybe there are positives in AI. Oh, maybe there is potential for me to live an abundant life, things like that. And, and, uh, you know, pretty magical things can happen as a result. There's so much in there that I want to comment on. I mean, I agree. And I, I, I think that in the future and I'm hoping, and, and I talk about this sometimes a lot in, in, my sessions where we're, I'm trying to work with somebody because most people that come, I don't know about you, but most people that come to get a reading with me, they have a problem, you know, they have a, a, a situation that's come up in their life. It could be a crisis. It could be a catalyst. They could be feeling stagnant. They could be feeling sad. There's a loss. There's a crack in their armor, you know, there's a, and that's, who was it that said, maybe it was Leonard Cohen. There's a crack in everything. That's where the light gets in that's where the light gets through it, yeah that's where the light gets through so when there's a crack in your armor of like everything's cool and perfect and you know i'm just vibing and flowing and and i need some help that's where your consciousness can open up to find that higher meaning that resonates the most with you because there are many different ways and modes there are many you know i believe that all gods are one all the manifestations of, of the one that many ways are manifestations of the one. But when you align with what resonates with you, then you can sort of get that feeling of hope and belief. Wasn't it Nietzsche that said man can endure any how, if he has a why, meaning that like we need meaning in our life. We need meaning in order for us to feel that, we can believe in ourselves and in life. So, I mean, in, in my realm as an astrologer, astrologers are professional meaning makers. You know, we're, we're going to say to you like, okay, here's maybe some of your gifts and talents, and maybe we'll uncover something that you'd never perhaps sort of faced that you really want or need for yourself. Or one of the talents that you've been saying, because you, you know, been fed this collective consciousness idea of, why me, you know, who am I or what have you? And we'll support that individual journey. And then that, that belief that you can have in yourself or in something that turns you on that identification, because I think it's different for everyone and, and trusting and identifying what resonates for you, what, what you, what your soul wants. It's like living a soulful life that creates the belief and the belief is a power there is a power. I mean, magic itself is a, an ability to manifest will and will can also be connected in a really high vibe way with the heart center and the desire center. And we're not talking about, you know, ever, you know, earthbound lust, you know, for whatever, but, but what your soul really wants and needs from you in this lifetime. And when you connect with that, that power, which is also can be a belief is an energy and they're already doing some really interesting experiments with the heart math Institute on the vibration of this. 
we know, I mean, there's a ton of invisible energies around ourselves, around us all the time. And why most folks can't tune in to understanding that our thoughts have energy. And when we put our heart into them, it becomes a belief. And that belief becomes a power that becomes your consciousness. I don't know. But I think that our science in the future may be able to identify that so that human beings can kind of get more comfortable with that. I agree that from my perspective, and it's why I've been so guided to um, train in this realm more heavily, is that energy and what I would call energy medicine is going to be one of the f uh, one of the first or most prominent bridges for our society to begin to understand the spiritual realm because yeah. it's actually already so close to us in terms of our understanding and we actually already use it in common language in so many ways without yeah. even really recognizing what we're talking about it because I mean people believe emotions exist right people believe thoughts exist but they don't if you were to ask them what the substrate of that what the material of that is you know they wouldn't necessarily have anything to say. Maybe they would say, well, it's just a manifestation of brain or neural wiring. It's like, well, what, uh, what is the manifestation? What is the, what, what is it? And I find that the framework of energy medicine is very helpful to understand the source material of, of what we carry, what we create inside of us and what we put out into the world. And there, like you said, uh, like the heart math Institute and, and heart brain coherence, there's a lot of research um, on, our bioenergetic fields, which mm -hmm. parallels obviously uh, 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 thousands of years of of uh, uh, lineage wisdom on the chakra system. And so I, I sense for me, and I've just seen um, such amazing uh, personal results with some of the modalities that I've mentioned on here, like uh, network spinal analysis and pranic healing and things that, you know, that are already being integrated into a more medical frame. So my sense is that that is is a really great avenue uh, to be a bridge. And um, there's a lot of untapped potential in terms of what we can discover that will come closer to uh, what we consider to be evidence based, which I'm which I'm really excited about. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And the other part of that is that, there is so much unfolding in our world and so many of us, like you said, are are inherently attempting to make meaning of it. It, it. it seems to be an inherent aspect of the human condition. And some may be committed to some sense of objective reality, but I think uh, more and more of us are, are letting that go a bit or at least loosening our ties to uncovering some objective truth. Because really, from my perspective, um, there are multiple truths because many things can be true from different perspectives. And we can each really focus on coming to and honoring our own truth and having permission to honor our own truth while not having, not feeling threatened uh, in the sense that, well, if I honor my own truth, I have to disband or disavow someone else's truth, which is the way it works in large parts of our society and in the political yeah. realm and things like that, that, that we can honor our own truth while respecting others' truths because it is actually possible that multiple things can be true because if we resonate 
uh, from that perspective of belief and creating our own reality. I mean, Bashar, it would go even further and say people are literally, literally creating their own realities and we live in this multiverse. So, it, you know, but without having to go to that extent, I mean, we can even see it in just the way that uh, new, you know, sort of the um, the integration and the interpretation and the feeding and receiving of news has unfolded where people are calling some things fake news and people, I mean, you could show one person a slice of pizza in front of their face and they'd be like, well, that's an apple and you can't prove to me that it's not, you know, that's kind of the way that news happens in our world these days is you can't prove anything. So people will stay within their own reality. And I think right now we're seeing a lot of the negatives of that, but there are there is actually a medicine there, I believe, which is that we we it's okay to honor that we can create our own realities. And so if you wanna if you wanna live in that world of pain and suffering, you are more than entitled to. But if you want to um practice getting free of fear, you know, there's a there's a path for you there too. And we can and those of us who are ready to collectively vibrate at a similar resonance and belief system can start to move and live in a in a world of our own creation that may not be the same as as what others choose to live in. Yeah, so true. And I, I you know I was thinking as you were commenting on on some of the 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 you know a surreality of say the news and and what's happening right now is that the idea of of that kind of inclusivity and creating a new paradigm for in the United States or in the Western world for our collective society is very much in keeping with this Pluto in Aquarius energy, Pluto being our boundary planet, the left planet in our solar system that we're using in traditional astrology to it. That is also a generational planet that creates a, um, an all chemical, uh, um, result typically through a death and rebirth process. And so, many astrologers have been talking about that sort of death and rebirth process of a certain form of collective societal values, uh, you know, in many, many ways happening within the next 20 years. And because it's Aquarius too, you know, technology, certainly also um, high level of, of um, <clears throat> energy, you know, an invisible energy. So I for sure see that happening within the next 20 years, but I've been talking about this a lot on my podcast, the Persephone program, but also, you know, in writing about another outer planet, the planet Neptune, which represents a lot of the idea of collect or collective consciousness of this reality, you know, the idea of what is reality. It's kind of Neptune also has an aspect of spiritual reality or psychic reality. Okay. So because the planet Neptune has been in Pisces for some time now, I think it's been since 2014 and is going to be for another four or five years. Uh, it's in, it's, it's in a very tenuous place. It's, it's the idea here is that there are many realities, like you said, and we have witnessed this. And for the first time since I've been alive, I've never seen so many people deny what I consider to be consensual reality, like the apple, you know, or the whatever is not an apple, you know, it's a slice of pizza or the pizza is an apple, you know, it, it just is bizarre, but it goes to show like you're saying that maybe this is an aspect that we need to consider when we're actively dis, you know, kind of like redoing many of the societal 
paradigms and 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 structures that we are doing seemingly you know as a, as a species yeah and precisely so i think right now we're seeing the real uh kind of cringy and unsettling aspects of that people denying things that i too would consider to be consensual truths however <laughs> I, yeah however i think there is a medicine there if we come to acknowledge what we may be collectively invited into which is that maybe there are ways for maybe we have been creating our own realities all along and it is now looking uh starkly more apparent considering there are just way more opportunities to form different opinions and hypotheses different sources of news different frameworks that are just calling that in front and center but maybe that's actually been a uh, a deeper truth about the nature of our reality all along and and we can on some level rather than fight for okay we need to rein people in and come back to one collective truth like in the 60s when there was always like one news outlet like no i don't think that's the answer we're not going back we're going forward into this new sort of multi-dimensional space where there are going to be multiple frames that you can choose to believe in or perceive based on any event or circumstance and it is always going to be up to your interpretation and and that affords you a lot of power as to how you choose to see the world how you choose to show up how you choose to see yourself others and and how you choose to serve in this collective and i you know it's yeah it's a it's a thin line it appears between being kind of uh, like maybe the image of sticking your head in the sand or you know like certain people accuse um certain brands of spirituality as like kind of like escapism or avoidance like you're well, you're only just seeing the positive and it's like yeah well well we're all subjective it's not you know it's not just one group of people avoiding something it's everyone coming to their own conclusions and it, as we it, if we accept the invitation to begin to risk respect and afford people um, the permission to come to their own conclusions, um, there it may just be a more permission-filled and free world to to live in the way that that we choose. And ideally, I see my mission as providing people as many possibilities and uh, as much permission as as they're willing to allow into their life to live their highest dreams. It's interesting that in this country, we are addressing once again, religious freedom, you know, and the separation of church and state in the United States. And I think that religious freedom, the freedom, the spiritual freedom, all of that is really important. And yet also at the same time, we do have to create containers or structures in which we are able to work together with collective ties to, uh, uh, to life, you know, and those collective ties can certainly be, you know, the health of ourselves, our families and our planets, um, you know, all of those things. But we do have to have things that connect us as well as our own spiritual uh, and religious and, and philosophical ways. And I think one of the big ways and but big things that we need to take you know, really to think about, and I would hope that all your listeners are thinking about right now is what is my way? What do I believe in? What, what is the flag that I am flying? And it kind of reminds me of like, you know, we've, we've come out of astrologers like to, to use this term, but we've come out of the, the age of Pisces, 
um, the precession of the of the equinox uh, is backwards. Um, and there was very much the sort of like feeling of 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 kind of surrender, you know, and and this and I would also say that in that that way, many of the the large world religions, um, including you know Buddhism, you know, and Islam and stuff, there's this sort of hierarchical, you know, God or something like that, but also this that this this idea that man and the earth doesn't really matter. It's these ideals. It's you know, you, it, your life doesn't. <clears throat> mean as much as say the spiritual life or your or 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 the god or the king or what have you and i think that our individual lives and taking responsibility for them and therefore then taking responsibility for the earth is really important and it kind of reminds me of something that i've been really thinking about which is the i would call it phil ancient philosophical tradition of hermeticism which was really not a religion but a philosophical tradition that uh was pre-Hellenistic Greece time period, really maybe coming from Egypt, and in which it had three parts, you know, and the first part of this, of Hermeticism <clears throat> was astrology, and the idea of astrology is astrologos. What do you think the god, the gods, the creators, the divine, what do you think and what do you understand as your personal mission, okay, identifying what that is, right? That's what we can use, say, astrology from. The middle part was alchemy. How can you transform aspects of your character, of your psyche? How can you refine your consciousness, become the best you you can be? That's where incorporating intuition, as well as actually your will and your intellect in figuring out who am I? What is it that my soul wants from me in this life? And how can I transform all any aspects that are impeding me? And the third aspect is connection with spirit, you know, connection with the divine. How are you showing up for that spirit aspect of your life? And I really think that if we each individually take knowing yourself, that's the astrology, learning how to work on yourself in whatever way, inhibiting, you know, whether it's like trying to figure out like why, you know, you're having a lot of pain around maybe, you know, issues that happened from your childhood or what have you, dismantling that and using every aspect of yourself to do that. And then putting yourself back together with knowledge and consciousness, utilizing all things, and then also connecting with spirit, connecting with the spirit of all living things, connecting with your own spirit. This is how I think that we can move ourselves into a positive future. Yeah. And I want to follow up on the knowing yourself part. The random thought I have is that this, is it the same Hermes? And I may not even be getting that right at all. That, that says thou shalt do no harm. Who's the, who's the one that says, you know, makes that uh, it's, it's some God of like medicine or something because it's, it's, you know, a, it's a line that's used in the medical world and the psychological world as well. That's Asclepius um, who is the God of medicine. Uh-huh. Asclepius, um, first do no harm. Yeah, thou shalt do no harm. Um, but Hermes Trismegistus, uh, who was, I think, a Greek name probably for the Egyptian Thoth, I also had many statements ascribed to him that also included that. It's It was a philosophical teaching on, you know, that was very deeply uh, a, a path to self-knowledge that placed responsibility squarely on a human, but also 
definitely um, connected that human to the fact that there is the divine is there always, you know, helping. And in fact, you can't really live the best life without listening to the soul, the psyche, the divine, the guides, uh, because they're going to provide you with another level and dimension of knowledge that isn't necessarily always accessible through, I guess, basic human consciousness. And that by incorporating a bit more of that humility and, and loosening attachment to the ego, that we are the sole creator of all this information that, correct, you know, we can acknowledge that we're all channels, we're all channeling something, uh, you know, maybe we call it creativity, maybe, you know, um, maybe we just refer to it as uh, theories that come through us, but, but they come through us, yeah. you know, no one can point to the origin or the source of the material that comes into their head. They're, they're right. trusting, they're trusting and maybe it comes through in their voice, but, but uh, it may be, it may very well be a co-creation. And the other part I wanted to follow up on in regarding knowing yourself and and getting clear, like you said, on what you really believe and what you really want. I feel like this is a really strong invitation for the collective right now because of what we were saying earlier, which is uh, decades ago, there weren't that many sources of information. There was like a couple news channels, you know, a couple newspapers. Now there is a complete saturation. I mean, you know, everyone on YouTube is an influencer and an, a self-proclaimed expert in something that they're going, even if it's just so true. or something. So every, because of that confusion and that muddiness, I sense people are being invited to say, okay, wait a second. I'm not just going to be told what to believe based on my environment anymore. There's too many sources. I wouldn't know what to choose. You know, I'm not just going to um, align with the religion or the faith that my parents align with. I mean, kids stopped doing that long ago, but still, there's still some, some ties there. I'm not just going to align with the beliefs of the institution I attend or the school I attend or the church I attend. There's too many sources of information now that the the younger generations are privy to because uh, in large part, social media. So the, the invitation then becomes, how do I discern? How do I get clear on what's meant for me? And maybe, just maybe, no one else can um, assign that truth for me. Maybe it really has to come through my own discernment and what I would call uh, uh, intuitive cultivation. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's abs and, I, and I think that that's really hard for humans, you know, taking responsibility for ourselves by figuring out what do I want? What is it? What is it that I resonate with? I, I resonate with the idea that each piece of consciousness, each point, each person and each person's individual consciousness is part of the greater consciousness. And in that way, we are each a child of the divine, you know, and our consciousness is. And the idea that we are consciousness made manifest, so consciousness could be conscious of itself, you know, I love that. And I love that idea that it's okay for us to align with what we really want because that call, that deep call that comes from getting to know ourselves and really think about, be thoughtful, be take to the time to listen to what we're saying is intuition, which is your own still small voice within the inner peace that's calling to you or getting to know yourself through 
you know, looking at different therapeutic modalities, you know, and, and take yourself apart and look at it a little bit and realize you do have some power, but get to know yourself. And then in a weird way, you will know God because you are part of God or you will know part of the universe. And you allow that part that really is way bigger than you, that you're channeling. You allow that part to speak through you, to move through you, and you take action. I use a little prayer that says, I will to will thy will a lot to my own higher self, to my guides, to my whatever. I want to be guided by my own self and I will know through that what to do. People could call that intuition. I think it's like soul guidance. And I think that that is my right way. Yeah. And so do you, Michelle, have a particular way of cultivating or practicing or honing your level of discernment, your sort of compass and intuitive knowing? Because I agree that, you know, I think in past iterations of spirituality or religious ideal, it was, it, there was this idea of like sacrificing what you want for the greater good, or it's not about what you desire. It's about getting free of desire. And obviously that's a lot, you know, there's Buddhist language around that. And, and I think both can coexist. I don't think they're mutually exclusive, but I hear more language now that, that I resonate with around, no, it's okay to get clear on your desire. It doesn't mean you have to go around expecting it because that's when we start to attach ourselves to the outcome, but it's about honoring that we can desire and we can we have will, we have, we are part of the creation. So we can ask for what we want and we may not, we rarely will in fact receive it in exactly the way that we co concocted it in our minds, but that's okay. That's part of the co-creation. Ask for what we want, get what we need to grow, to then get what we want and keep going. And, and that feels to me to be, um, uh, a, a more expanded or leaned into aspect of manifestation of of spirituality of alignment with God or source than than I'd heard in the past. So I'm curious how you, if you have any practices in getting clear on what's right for you. Well, that's a really good question, and of course, you know, I one of the one of the things that I asked for in my practice, or you know, psychically, is that that I get people that actually wanted to work on a higher level of, of spiritual, like to really work on their consciousness and refining their consciousness more than anything else. Because, you know, right. You're right. Like human beings want, like I want a million dollars or $10 million or, you know, a new car or whatever. And sometimes that's not what your soul wants, you know? And I think that it is paying attention to yourself uh, paying and, and taking time to be thoughtful about what that looks like, to think about things, to think about how's, you know, how are things working for me, checking in with yourself. All of this is, is very important. And we have to do this on a regular basis uh, all the time. But to ground this kind of thing, I, I always suggest journaling. I know it's people are probably exhausted with that because who wants to do it? But thinking about how you feel what it is that you think you need and what you want in any given time on any kind of a regular as a regular practice is really a good thing to do checking in with yourself meditating when you meditate and you learn how to quiet the busy mind the monkey mind you know um 
that is just bip, 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 all the time, then your own soul can come up and you can listen to it. And I think that it is a higher self. I invite my higher self in, in ritualized practice. Uh, and I think that that is the way, you know, so on a regular basis in ritualized practice, I invite myself in. I experiment. I work with planetary magic, planetary energies. So when there are particular ideas, because I see the planets as teachers, and my intention is to do my best, live my best life, and, you know, become the best I can be, refine my consciousness and help the world in whatever way I can, you know. And so I don't always know what that looks like. And I have to connect with my guides. But I don't, and I have had many, many times in my life where they've been very specific, you know, and I've had a specific practice around them. I don't know that I told you this, but my mother worked with a spirit guide for many, for about 40 years. And she worked with a spirit guide via a Ouija board. And again, like I know there's, a, there's a, I don't, you know, this, you know, don't try this at home kids kind of thing, you know, but I have, since I was, I think 12 or 13 done that with her and it was very ritualized. It was very protected you know, it was really powerful. The guy came in and gave her all sorts of advice about life. You know, there was advice about the nature and quality of time to advice about, you know, dealing with her mother, you know, I mean, it was like mundane and, and high, high vibe. I don't do that. But what I do is I have a practice and I practice with certain types of energetic beings and forms. Um, you would call them ancient gods and goddesses. And I, I, let myself intuitively be guided into them. I create practice. I use planetary energy to think about what it is that I want and need. I've already set an intention that resonates with my soul to be of service, you know, to the world, but also I'm also of service to myself. And sometimes that just means like getting through the day. And I use ritualized practice, meditation, journaling, um, actual, I do rituals. Like when I know, for instance, that I'm not feeling life is particularly happy and juicy, I cultivate my Venus and I will literally create a ritual, an altar. I will get myself in the mood. I will create a date with the planet of love and happiness and juiciness. And then I take on that energy. So it's, you know, it's, there's a, there's a lot of different ways and modes, but that's how I do it. And it guides me day to day. And I'm also wise enough to know that I'm not going to be able to see the whole picture. We know we, as humans, we don't get that. We, that is definitively not what I have been told, but I ask, I ask for what I need and it shows up for me, signs, symbols, synchronicities, energies, that kind of thing. I love that. And I feel that, you know, like the Ouija board example with your mother, and, and your custom practices that we're all invited to create a custom practice. There's not yes. one way. And we have permission that that spirit, God, source, you know, higher guidance can speak through any modality. It can speak through a Ouija board or it can speak through an astrological chart or, or uh, a crystal or whatever. Um, and I think, you know, certain people want to really create... Um, you know, a list of what is what is right spiritually, what is wrong spiritually, what works, what doesn't work, but consider that it can all work for you. Um, Absolutely. E eating well can work for you. Yoga can work for you, but they're not the end all be all. If, if, if we become a little fanatical or fundamentalist about certain 
uh, health and wellness practices, we can then uh, start to enter this realm of uh, uh, exclusion where we where we just sort of put certain things on a pedestal and exclude others. But it's really more, and I practice this for myself because not everything resonates with me. I honor the things that work for me and I and I encourage others to find the things that work for them because, you know, others' practices don't have to look like mine and mine don't have to look like theirs. And I think that's what we're stepping into more and more is that rather than this pursuit of one way, there is an openness to to many ways that we can hear spirit or hear guidance or or learn what's meant for us. And I also love the intention that yes, I will do everything I can. I will, I will, um, I will, I will do my part. I will play my role in calling in the guidance and asking for what I want, and then I will surrender to the idea that this is way bigger than what I can possibly know, and that I'm not meant to know everything, which is uh, one of my own uh, growth points because definitely. I, I definitely <laughs> like to know things. So, um, yeah, I think that's a beautiful incorporation of surrender. And one one just curiosity I have because uh, obviously astrology is a part of your your um, custom um, alchemical uh, creation and and practice is if you do you get readings from other astrologers ever do you like work with other healers or does that inter does that interfere with your own framework? Oh God, no! I mean, yes, of course. I mean, I started off with my mother giving me readings, which she wonderfully did for many, many, many years until she passed away. But also, yes, I, I do, but I do less, I, I do less from a standpoint of maybe knowing what, you know, a Saturn transit means and more. Yeah, you're on, good on that. I mean, I kind of know, but, but more on what, how is this energy being filtered through their channel? Right. Because everybody is a unique channel. And so I love seeing how they approach it. Um, I mean, I don't do it a ton, but yes, absolutely. And there are some incredible astrology readings that I have had and still, you know, keep the information, you know, and really cherish. Uh, but, you know, I do, it depends. But yes, I do. I have most of my clients, to be honest, are kind of like you, Daniel. <laughs> They're all intuitives mediums, healers, astrologers, uh, Reiki healers, shamanic workers, hypnotherapists, spiritual teachers. That's my coterie, you know? And, and so, yeah, we do trades and it's wonderful because, you know, hashtag we're all in this together. I love that. I, and I love that perspective of like, cause that's really my lens too, which is like, there may be a time on our journey where, you know, we tend to put the healers that come into our life, those with certain gifts in the healing arts, we put them on pedestals naturally because they invite us into things that we couldn't see before. So we we want to follow them. We want to, you know, follow their teachings. We want to learn from them as much as we can. And then, you know, at a certain point on the journey, at least from my perspective, you know, it becomes less of a pedestal and more of I'm just curious to see what comes through their channel. And then I will, yeah. I will take what I need and leave the rest and trust that it's a, it's a very mutual exchange. It's a collaboration. It's not a, it's not a fundamental. You have to follow this or listen to this or no, now I need to decipher what this person said to me with and reconcile that with 
what I read in this book, like it doesn't have to be resolved. You can just be open and curious to the different flavors and colors that come through different channels as it as it supports and scaffolds your own intuitive wisdom, which is ultimately going to be the highest authority, ideally. So so I love that. And yeah, it is cool. You have mentioned that about your clientele. I'm sure it makes for um, a really fulfilling and enriching form of service to work with people who light you up and and who are fun to work with, which is, you know, what has uh, started to unfold for me as well. Um, so we've been talking for a little while. So I think, you know, I it may be a good time to veer into a little bit of your writing because I wanted to be sure to cover this. I know that you have uh, one book out you mentioned, but actually I feel like I caught this in a podcast you were doing. Are you writing another book? And is it based on like your mother's journals? Like that sounded so cool to me, like stuff she was writing in the 90s maybe about astrology and how she was seeing the world. So I'll just leave it very open-ended uh, for you to speak to anything you'd like about your first book or or this next book and, and your writing in general. Thank you so much. Yeah. So in 2020, I lost my mother suddenly. Um, she passed away right at the Saturn-Pluto conjunction right after there was a lunar eclipse on my moon. And it was very um, powerful because I had such a, a really strong relationship with her in many, many ways. And it, it was the pandemic <laughs> and we couldn't do anything. And, you know, my mother, I'm from the San Francisco Bay area and that was a really hard place to travel to in the beginning of the pandemic too. And like deal with all her personal belongings. And, and so a lot of it was kind of put on hold as we were all like sitting in our homes. And during that time, it, it just, this, this, idea to honor her more than anything else. And, and my first book, Capricorn Rising, is dedicated to her because I felt so strongly that she was such a wise woman and I really, really appreciated her guidance throughout my life and and, and all of these things that she had kind of, she was like a groundbreaker in many ways. You know, she was an early feminist. She was definitely a counterculture person and um, a, a really big student of life. And so I got to benefit from all of this and I wanted to tell that story. And so I wrote this book Capricorn rising very quickly over the course of about like seven months. And it was kind of set up uh, about it's set up according to the 12 signs of the Zodiac as a, and I'll send you a copy, Daniel, as a kind of a teaching there's journal exercises or exercises at the end of each chapter for you. If you want to look at your astrology and kind of learn a little bit about it, but it's also telling the story of my life and specifically about my mom. So it's both a kind of a, a astrology book and also a memoir about, I think a fairly interesting life because you know I lived in a commune. My mom was a hippie. My father was an international drug smuggler. I mean, crazy stuff. Um, and then of course my own personal crazy journey too. So some of that and some of the hardships that I have experienced and kind of how I've navigated them through the utilization of, you could say, spiritual disciplines or, you know, esoteric you know, science, uh, the metaphysics, things like that. And then the next book is, so after she passed and, you know, it took a few years because of the pandemic, I inherited all her journals and there are a bunch of different separate ones. And I have so many, Daniel, it's crazy. 
she wrote journals. I have journals through the eight from the eighties um, from my, from when I was a small child, a kid, a little kid um, up through her death, literally just like weeks before her passing. And she journaled every single day and she, she was a Virgo. She used to type everything up and put it in a gigantic binder per year. And some of them are like this big. And then I also have all of her Ouija board uh, journals too. So basically we would do the board and the, the her guide would come in. Her guide was called Rath Sheba. And Rath Sheba was the most loving, amazing, incredible five vibration guide. Like the like a, a beautiful wise elder and a lot of love, a lot of guidance, a lot of help. And anyway, so we would write everything down. So we, you know, he would come in, we'd write everything down. So I have books and books of handwritten spirit guide stuff. And then I also have her personal journals and within each journal, every single year, every single month, she would do readings for herself. They would be astrology readings. They would be tarot readings. They would be that she used runes, the numerology, and then she would analyze them. And then she would also talk about her life. And, you know, every day it might be, you know, what the moon is in and how she's feeling and how she feels about the world and the types of things. You know, my God, what she was saying in the nineties about now, pretty amazing. So yes, I have this and I'm putting that together in a book and it's really hard, Daniel. So it's going to take take a while. Um, but I have been writing for the past year um, and putting it together in a book of like structuring it around me discovering her journals. And these are similar to Capricorn Rising. They're going to be, but I'm going to have 22 chapters. They're also going to be connected to the tarot cards um, the, in the major arcana and their individual spiritual teachings. So I know it sounds complicated, but it's just kind of a, a structure that I'm putting it in. Um, it's going to be called Major Arcana because there's a lot of Major Arcana in, in this. And hopefully it'll be a story that'll be interesting and also kind of cool and mysterious um, and true. <laughs> oh my God, it sounds amazing. I'm so excited for that. And um, <laughs> what, like, what and Firstly, what an amazing gift of service your mother provided by recording all of this and setting the foundation for you and then what an amazing service to the world you are doing by honoring your mother's journey and um so respectfully and lovingly uh collecting this and and putting it into such a beautiful form for all of us to enjoy and let me also say, because I know the listeners are going to be like, wait a second, what about the drug smuggling and the commune and like, <laughs> go to it? Like, wait, I want to know about that. I know that you have um, an amazing uh, and incredible uh, life path that could probably be a, a Netflix series. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe we'll do another podcast on that. Although people can people can find your podcast and, and, and I'm sure hear more about your journey, which is... Um, which is, which is incredible and, and not for the faint of heart, but True. the other, the other aspect of that, um, uh, is, is such a, and thank you for, for offering your book. I would be happy to your first book. I'd be happy to receive it. Um, and yeah, I just, I love to hear about, uh, this new book. It sounds, yeah, it sounds fascinating on many, on many levels. I'm, I'm curious what your, what your writing process is like. Does writing come easily to you? Does it take a lot of commitment to structure that time into your life? How do you see yourself as a writer? Okay. Well, number one, I don't see myself as a writer. 
And it's like, ah, I always, always asked my mother to write. So my mother had a degree in journalism and she was the most avid reader you could ever imagine. She would read, she could read easily 10 books a week, maybe more. I mean, it was, it's crazy. And she, when she died, I think that we counted that there was like 4,500 books in her library. She had so many books and she was so well-read and, and, and she didn't write. And I would harass her a lot, you know, especially around like taking care of herself financially, although she ended up in a, in a really good spot financially, but you know, just write. You're, you're brilliant. You need to be a writer. And, you know, she would get angry at me, tell me that she has Saturn in Gemini and not everyone wants to make all of their thoughts and observations and comments public to the world. And anyway, you know, we argued about that a lot uh, because I never felt that I had the skill set that she did, uh, which is true. And I don't, and it's hard for me, but as an astrologer, I have to write. And so I have to do a lot of writing, say maybe about you know, when I do, I commit to doing major writing on, you know, new and full moons and eclipses and, you know, just basic kind of astrological weather. So that is, it, you know, writing is a discipline. It's hard. It's not easy. Uh, it's not easy for anyone. And because it isn't, I, I feel that speaking is easier for me than, than writing. It isn't easy. That being said, I've got a great structure. And that first book came out like, like it was not mine. <laughs> so I, I know I'm guided to do this, but it, it requires commitment and discipline. And I haven't really been so good about that. Uh, but I have it, you know, it's, it's in my astrology, but I have to force myself. Like I have to force myself to get up and like, all right, I'm going to do it for two hours. But then when I do write, I can get sucked in and I can end up writing for four hours. So it really is. And I think that any writer will tell you or anyone that has to write for a living will tell you that it, it's hard. It's hard, but it's also very, very fulfilling. I resonate so much with that on so many levels. I, I have the, uh, and enough people have just told me to my face that, you know, I know I'm a writer and I know I'm uh, pretty naturally gifted at it, but I've, I, I, it, it can be a tension point for me. I don't always want to do it. Um, it, it, it's actually been taxing on my body at times in the past. And I think that's why I've needed so much. My recent journey has been so much body healing, uh, clearing the vessel, I would say, and raising the vibrational frequency so I can be the channel because writing is a form of channeling, like you said. And yeah. that's what I interpret you meant by when you said the book was not your own. It's because you're channeling and 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 writing is a form of channeling. And I think it was always happening for me, but it it, it could be pulling teeth at times. But then like you, I would get sucked in and I would feel the flow and I'd be like, oh, my God, this is it feels so good. But getting myself into the seat to do it would take some time and and um, diligence and commitment. But I see that as as the channel opens for me, it, it starts to flow a little easier and easier. Mm -hmm. And um, I I just I know in my heart it's something I meant to do. So so I'm doing it, and and then there'll be a there'll be a book or a couple books uh, at some point. And um, but yeah, I, I relate a lot uh, 
a lot to your process. It's interesting. Uh, and, and I just, I can almost like hear your mother saying that, like, you know, not everyone needs to record all the, even though she was recording so much about her experience, which is funny. Um, I know she share it. Yeah. But she just didn't want it. I don't know. She was funny, but maybe you're right. Thank you for commenting that like, I'm supposed to be the one to do it, to honor her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that feels, that feels aligned for me. Absolutely. Um, and maybe maybe she's with you guiding that process too. Hope so. So this may be a natural and graceful place for us to start to wrap up our amazing conversation here today. I would just ask if there's anything else you would like to add or contribute to this conversation, as well as anything you got going on that you'd like to share, any upcoming um, forms of service or workshops or, or anything you'd like to say. Cause I know, I know you have a lot of offerings. Well, thank you so much. And yes, I could talk to you forever. Right. I mean, it's just, there's so many things that <laughs> let's dig in more later. So many things. And yes, write that book. I feel it. I see it. It's in <laughs> am, your astrology. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It's in your astrology. You got to do it. There's, you've got a compelling story that people need to hear. Um, so if people want to find me, they can find me on Instagram at M-Y-Prentice, P-R-E-N-T-I-S-S. That's my name, Michelle Yvonne Prentice, M-Y-Prentice. Or you can also find all of that on my website, the uh, persephoneprogram.com. My podcast is persephoneprogram.com. And so all I announce the workshops. I am going to do two workshops this summer. One is going to be another um uh, understanding astrology course, which I've taught now, I think five times and I offer it at varying times. You actually have me live as well as content, uh, and video, and it's just learning the basics of astrology. And, you know, I also add in, uh, learning how to use your intuition with astrology, which I think is the secret sauce to being a really good astrologer. Uh, and, I think that I'm also going to do a, we're going to have a Venus retrograde in Leo uh, in August of this uh, year, 2023. And I'm going to do a guided meditation and journey into that energy. And so that will, those will be all on my socials and my website later this year. Uh, so that's pretty much it. Meanwhile, I'm just, you know, trying to write my, trying to write this book, which I think will take till the end of my second Saturn return. So probably another, at least another year and year and a half, maybe two, and I'm going to get that out, but I might share some of the chapters as they form. And I'll, uh, I may send you some Daniel too. Beautiful. So, and yeah, I just love to hear from your listeners and hear, if there's anything that they, any questions they have about astrology, I love, I'm so passionate about it. I'm very responsive. Would love to hear from you. Uh, you can also, you can email me via my, uh, my website or at my personal email, which is michelle.prentice at gmail.com. And it's just, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for your wonderful, incredible service and your thoughtful questions and your beautiful spirit. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's my honor and privilege. I truly, it truly lights me up to connect with people like you. And I will absolutely put all this in the show notes for people so they can, they can see exactly where they can find you. And I highly recommend that they do and reach out because um, it is, uh, you have a true gift and it is a pleasure on many levels to 
to meet with you. So, and yes, there are ample things that we could connect on and and continue to dive into. And maybe we will uh, have to do so again, because I know it is of service to many. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting some hits. Maybe we should do like a workshop on the the coming energies, the coming paradigms and different people talking about that, you know, and how to navigate your way through the change that's coming. I love that. I'm in. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's do something like that. All right. We'll, we'll talk later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Michelle. And uh, take care. And yeah, until we until we meet again. Until we meet again. Ciao. Thanks for listening. If you like the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, or head over to my Patreon page to become a member of the Be The Vessel community with exclusive monthly benefits and to connect with me directly. You may also find me on Instagram at drdaniel underscore atkins or through my website, drdanielatkins.com where you can also subscribe to my newsletter to stay updated on all happenings. I'd love to hear from you. Until then, may you be the light, the frequency, and the vessel for your highest vision.